Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout Amen. You may please be seated. Wonderful. Tonight I want to welcome you all because it's a glorious night. A night we shall be blessed more and more. Amen. Now, as we have come tonight, I'm first excited to see some faces early today. And I'm happy because, you know, the Bible says that a wise man loves instruction, but a fool despises it. So when you see anyone who loves instruction and correction is a sign that the person is a wise person or is walking on the path of wisdom. Wisdom makes you love instruction. Praise God. I said praise God. So it is important for us to know, like I know that on Sunday... I had meeting in the morning with quite a number of people, and uh, and I shared with us on the need to add diligence to our service and our commitment to God. And today, I, I see that quite a number of you came to church early. Join, yeah, some of you are joining online early. It is the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do. Now, let me, before, tonight, I'm not the one preaching. I'm not the one preaching. But I'm a forerunner to the person coming to preach. And I share with our leader that our, even our Tuesday service in some few, um, the next few weeks, is going to be taking another dimension. Because we are going to be doing deeper Bible study. Where... Also, there might be room, or we're trying to create an atmosphere where people can ask questions, because there are so many subjects to be learned. So, we are preparing a series, and um, we'll be starting with the second coming of Christ. So, be, so, the second coming of Christ, for those of you who are, actually, we're going to be advertising, because a lot of people don't know what it is about the second coming of Christ. Um, you hear them, you hear something like, oh, the millennial reign. Year was like rapture. You, some are confused. Okay, if you say that when the rapture takes place, will there still be people on earth? Then what will happen to those who are not on earth? Then, you know, those kind of... Uh, don't you have such questions? So a lot of us have questions like that. So, so it doesn't mean that we're going to be teaching more on Tuesdays. And I'm starting that series very soon. When we start that series, they will move to other important subjects in the body of Christ that are going to edify you, help you to grow. So tonight too is not going to be an exception. I believe that um, the vessel God is going to use tonight is 
She's coming to share something powerful with us. But every Tuesday, expect something deeper. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. What does it say? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. If you are there, you can read with me. Hebrews 11 Verse 6. It says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It is impossible to please Him. So, apart from the, the second coming of Christ series we are preparing in the kitchen, there's another series which is living for his glory that will be coming up also. But tonight, as before I introduce the vessel, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Please who? God. So the aim of a Christian should be knowing what to do to please God. And one of the things that pleases God is that said in the Latter part, said, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, anyone that seeks God, serve God in a lazy approach. There are two types of those who serve. Those who serve with diligence and those who serve with slothfulness, lazily. And those who serve with hard work. You have the choice to choose which one you want to do. But the only service that God recognizes is the people that serve him with hard work. People think that God does not like those who work hard. People think that God rewards everybody. But the Bible says that the people that God pays, that God rewards, are those who serve him, who seek him with all diligence. So it simply means you approach the work of God, your service to God, as though the same way you approach your career or your business. It's a business. Jesus said, most I don't people about, about my father's business. So whenever you um, are dealing with ministry, you must have a business mentality. Some people say, oh, ministry, God's work is business. God's work is business. It's business. Pastors are just doing business. Now, actually, what they meant was that maybe pastor just they carry people's money, put it in their pocket, go and buy a car with it. That's what they meant. But that is not the case because that is wrong. But the real thing is that ministry is also business. We are in the business of soul winning. And every child of God should know that God has called them to this business of soul winning. And nobody rewards any staff that goes to work for two hours alone and leaves. Or anyone who goes to work one day and goes two months' time. Do you see, do, will any company take such a person seriously? So, then, if you are a Christian, you want to just serve God, maybe, I, I was telling somebody today, I said, look at, even the little time we spend to serve God, it's not compared to what we give for our career, our business, our education. Maybe like now, two hours today, some two hours on Sunday, maybe, and maybe at other fellowship. So in the whole week, you may see that some have not even served for 12 hours. Meanwhile, in other career, 
they will leave from 6 a.m. at home or 5 a.m. at home and come back maybe 9 p.m. in the night. So in this month of March, I want to encourage you that it is a good and a great thing to add diligence to your service to God. Don't just serve him for service sake. Serve him with the totality of your being. Serve him with all your heart. And I believe that in this month of March, for the love of Calvary Month, for the love of Calvary Month, as you know, somebody told me today, they said, Pastor, I'm, I'm glad to announce to you that I have started my evangelism in the Molwe, in the, well, I think in the Molwe now, those blue and red buses, I have started my evangelism there in the blue and red buses. I preached, I said, that's it. And it was those who served him with all diligence. There is no excuse for us not to serve. This morning, I want to see a lot of you, us also, having this testimony that Pastor, now I have started my morning cry again. I preach every morning at my junction. Oh, Pastor, I have started my evening evangelism. Pastor, I stayed at that junction. I shared the tract, as many tracts I could share. He rewards them that diligently seek him. Ministry is work. Ministry is not play. God's word is work. And it is better we serve him where we have strength. This month of March, may the reward that comes with serving him overtake you in all your endeavors in the name of Jesus. And one of the ways we are serving him is even to know, to be equipped with the knowledge. The more knowledge we have, the more effective we are in our service to him. A student that goes to school and learns and does exam, we only emerge better in life because he knows how to solve problems. A Christian that gives himself, his or herself more to knowledge we only emerge as a victorious Christian because knowledge is power. So tonight we have come to the table of knowledge again to be equipped by the word of God for our next level. There is nothing like too much knowledge. Every knowledge helps you to be a better person. Yes, you have been there on um, Sunday, but you don't eat once a day and expect to grow fast. You eat regularly. So we must learn to feed regularly on the word of God so that we can emerge a champion. By the way, how many of you are still doing your GR4, the Bible in four months? Or you have dropped all the way? We are now in the book of Isaiah. Hey, Mommy Rookie, where you, where you look that way, it shows you have not been following GR4. It's not too late because we are breaking records together. And do you know what? one thing I like about the GR4? The day you miss one, you know you're in trouble. Last time, I missed three days. So on Monday, I stayed with my Bible. I had to cover about 50 chapters in one day. We are not saying meditate or not, but just read it. Read. Enjoy the Bible. Don't instead of reading Facebook or read newspaper. So as, as I was there, reading about 50 chapters, because last week I was so busy, I said, this thing is punishment. <laughs> but it's a good punishment because it's forcibly, if not for GR4, I would have read about 40 chapters in one day or 50 chapters in one day. And let me tell you the truth. There are times you read it, there are times you turn on your audio and just be there. Let the Bible read it. Let the computer do the reading for you. And you are doing it. And today, there are some problems I solved using what I learned from Proverbs. Some problems. Uh, so in fact, the women program that are coming, Lady P2, got revelation from it. I said, yeah, that's it. But imagine we never went back and we just left it. 
those revelations will not have come. So there is nothing like too much Bible. There is nothing like too much knowledge. When I say 50 chapters, I'm like, yeah. No, but when you look at it, the amount you have spent today doing other things, you could have finished 50 chapters. It's just lack of discipline. You can read 50 chapters in one hour. Are you saying you don't watch Manchester United more than one hour? If you just dedicate the time you use for man you for it, you can read 50 chapters, 40 chapters. And let me tell you the truth. Every day I have chance, I read ahead to make up for when other things may not happen. GR4 now is finishing April, and we are now in March. We started in January. By April, by the grace of God, all those of you who are participating will also lift up your Bible that I finished my Bible in four months. That testimony will be your own. But Pastor, what about those of us who have been left behind? Then it's not too late. Find out where we are now. I know that me, I went ahead yesterday, entered Isaiah Street, and I was in Isaiah deep down. I don't even know where we are today, but I shouldn't have my head, one day ahead. But each time I, the mistake about being ahead is that when you think that you are ahead, you then relax. Before you close your eyes like this, you are now behind again. Then you have to do catch up again. But the discipline of staying with the word is an interesting one. I don't have time for a lot of other things anymore because before I finish my GR4, okay, how can I have time to read news on Monday when I'm talking about 50 chapters? It's not possible. But you know, this is what the payment comes. It rewards those that diligently seek it. So if today you have not carried your Bible, tell yourself, you are not sleeping until you read your Bible tonight. And those of you who are having challenge with the kind of Bible you have, after the service, meet our um, studio team, our technical team, let them help you reconfigure your Bible with a proper way so that in case you cannot even read, your Bible can read for you and they, will have, they have all the facilities in church now. They can help you do that so that you can help meet up. In this season, the concentration, this concentration for us as a church is to help us to grow and I see you growing. Into the era of saying I go to church without having evidence that era is over. This time around, people will look at you and say, this one is a child of God. This one, he has been with Christ. Because the fruit will be evidence in your life and my life in the name of Jesus. So tonight, with a round of applause, I want to welcome my Arthrop, the, our pastor at um, Greater Love Branch. We are trying to bring that from Greater Love back to headquarters now. Uh, but the people there are still saying... Yes, no, yes, no. I said, they've enjoyed Lady P for about two years plus. She's been going out, going out. Me too, I want her to, we want to enjoy her here too. Because of the depth and the deep revelation she brings. You see, me, when you see me preaching, me, I preach with energy. Energy. I preach with, but Lady P can stay there. And when she's releasing the thing, she will massage the word of God into your body that the thing is it can be easy. When I preach, you know it's like, how can I, my own is fire for fire. But her own, she massages it, caress the word, that you are, you are able, but my own, your, your eyes can be hard by the time I finish preaching. <laughs> and then I don't look at people's face. But she, she has led the art of massaging, instead of, by the time she finished, instead of people getting hard, I don't know how she does it. So I enjoy listening and sitting under her. She cools my temper down. Uh, she's the pastor, I'm the evangelist. So she's my co-laborer in the vineyard. So I enjoy listening to her because of the way she talks. You know, 
You know, I said, look at this thing. Me, we won't have time for all this, you know, you know. <laughs> Please, church, everywhere online, let's put our hands together for Lady Pastor Felicia. God bless you, Lady Pete. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to rise to your feet wherever you are. Let us just appreciate the Lord for what he has done and what he is doing presently in our lives. You know, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. I want you to just acknowledge him and say, Lord, we return all the glory to you. Today I stand before you and I say not by power, not by might. It is not my doing, it is not my strength. It is your spirit, it is your grace. It is your mercy. I attribute everything to you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you for the sustenance. Thank you for the help, the present help in times of need. Thank you for the covering. Thank you for being there as a pillar. Thank you for everything. We appreciate your spirits. Thank you for your wisdom. Your understanding that comes to play every time we are confused. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let's jam our hands together for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You may please be seated wherever you are. I believe that the word of God is going to come unto us powerfully this evening. And our lives will not remain the same again in Jesus' name. I want to thank my husband, the set man and the father of this ministry. For the privilege, because I understand, you know, the, the more you are in the ministry, the more experiences you have. And you will see that it is not every, uh, in every ministry that women are given the privilege, you know, to stand and to speak about God. So, I really want to appreciate God in his life. And I pray that God will continually give him wisdom. To lead us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, sir. The Lord bless you. And I want to thank everybody that is uh, listening. I pray that the word of the Lord will transform our lives permanently in Jesus' name. All right. This evening, I want to um, bring God's word to us. Titled, Bearers of God's Kingdom. Bearers of God's Kingdom. Amen. Ah, uh, the Bible says, you know, in the book of Mark, chapter 4 from verse 30, it says, and he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? That's Jesus talking. He said, what are we going to liken the kingdom of God to? And what shall we compare it to? 31 says, it is like what? A grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is what? 
is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. That's two says, but when it is sown, it goeth up and becometh greater than all the herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Amen, somebody. Are you here or you are still here? The Bible says the kingdom of God is likened to something. Jesus said, ah. you know, one of the things or one of the reasons why I like the word of God is that it's very simple to understand. Especially the words of Jesus. He will say something, then he will give an example. How many of us have done maths before? You know that in mathematics class, you can find it very, very difficult to understand if you do not see examples. One of the ways that math teachers and other teachers used to, uh, those that have to do with calculation, used to explain what they are talking about because you can be confused, is by solving examples. Amen. The words of Jesus are just like that, simplified. He said, what can we liken the kingdom of God to? And you know, this evening I said I'm talking about the bearers of God's kingdom. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 says, Romans chapter 8 verse 16 says, The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we might also be glorified together with him. It means that the kingdom of God is in us. When you become a child of God, you bear, you become a bearer of God's kingdom. Amen. And that is why, you know, first of all, I explained what the kingdom of God means. Because many of us are familiar with words that have been spoken by our Lord Jesus or words in the Bible that we do not really understand the word. You know, sometimes you can be so familiar with the word that when they now ask you that, what is the meaning of this word? You just get lost. How many people have experienced that before? You just realize that, oh, I know this word, but I cannot explain it. I've heard this word. I speak it. I talk about it. I use it in sentences, but I cannot explain it. And you know, that is why we, the, the, the word of Jesus broke this down. It said, what shall we say? That's Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? What, what can you compare it to? A grain of mustard seed. Many years back, uh, I remember that our father in the Lord brought to this church mustard seed and he showed us very tiny. How many people were here when we were shown? Is it a big seed? It's a very, but you know, the word of God is saying here that the kingdom of God can be likened to a mustard seed. Very small. He said, but when it is sown, when the kingdom of God is sown in you and I, it is supposed to do what? To grow 
and to become greater than all the apps. It is not supposed to die. It is not supposed, you are, you are not supposed to be looking for it because it's a very tiny seed, right? It is supposed to go to the point that it is greater than all the herbs of the, of the fields. Why has the mustard seed been sown in you for the past 10 years and it has not grown? Why? The Bible says the kingdom of God is tiny, is small. Is that small word that you listen to? Is that small word that you hear? Is that small reproof? Is that small correction that the word of God comes out to do in our lives? But when it is sown in your life, when it is sown in my life, it's hard to do what? Grow. It's hard to grow. We are bearers of the kingdom of God. We are carriers of the kingdom of God. When it is sown in us, it is tiny like a mustard seed. If you don't look properly, you will not see it. If you don't search, you cannot find it. It does not change your appearance when you receive it. It does not stick out when you see it. There is, there is, there is no difference because it's so tiny. It's so tiny. When it is so, that is why when people, people come out, and they receive Jesus into their lives as their Lord and personal Savior. You know, when they come and go, there is no difference in their coming and going. They don't change physically. But at that point, the kingdom of God has been sown into them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. has been what? Sown into them. It is now left for them. It is left for you. It is left for you and I to watch it do what? Grow. Because there is the, Jesus himself said here that you deal with real life situations. When you go out there, amen somebody. Are you still here? It shoots out great branches. Not small branches. There are branches and there are branches. If you allow the kingdom of God to go through the growth process that is supposed to go through in you, it will shoot out great branches. Galatians chapter 5. There are some things that will hinder the growth of the kingdom of God in your life. These are the things that will stand again. Oh, it will not allow any conducive environment for growth. It's like wanting to plant beans and you put it under the bed. No sunlight, no water. Will it grow? Instead of growing, what will happen? It will be getting, it will be getting rotten inside the soil because the conditions for growth are not right. Why 
are you still struggling with goats? The answer is here. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Let us read. Verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Let's mention them together. Number one, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, many types of witchcraft nowadays. It's not only those people that are flying the night. Witchcraft is a craft, like handcrafts. Some people can dribble seven people together. They are witches. You do this here, you do that here, you tell this person another thing, you tell that person another thing, you jam everybody together. Nobody truly knows who you are. You are flying in daytime. Witchcraft, you are practicing in broad daylight. The only thing that is left is your boom to be flying around. By the things you say, the words that you speak, the way you think and manipulate everybody, the way your countenance is, some people have very gentle face. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Even the face is just there for something. The way you smile, Sweetness on the surface, bitterness. Let's go on. Don't let me dwell on witchcraft. <laughs> the next one, hatred, variance, emulations, rots, strife. Are you taking note of all these things? Seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness. Some people say Jesus turned water into wine. Because of that, you went to a, a, a bar, you drank yourself and go and lie down on the railway. Water to wine. You wake up in the gutter. When the plans of God for you are good plans, what is good about that one that you are waking up in the gutter? You are waking up. My father said, the day he stopped drinking. Hmm? I think he was in school of nursing then. Because he did nursing before he went to do medicine. He said in his, in his village then, you know, in, in the school then, cars don't park, pass on the road. You know, this express road that are just interior. And then, he drank the night, he went to a party and drank, and woke up in the middle of the road. He slept in the middle of the road. And those days, you know, like when cars are coming, they don't expect anything to be on the road. They'll just pass. So if just one car had passed, just one, so when he woke up in the morning, he said, thank you, Jesus. Pastor's son, God is delivering everyone in captivity of alcohol here today in the name of Jesus. Drunkenness, reverence, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will not have a place to grow in you if you harbor these things. It is not ordinary. It is not, see, you know, serving God is not by talent. It's not by uh, uh, how fast you are. How good you are. How, how much you can talk. 
how much you can dress up. No. Those things are just superficial. The real thing that works and works well is obedience. All these things, thou shalt not. If you do them, you will see that it will alter the process of growth of the kingdom of God that has been deposited in you. It will alter it. It will not allow it. There will be no grace available to grow. You might never become that great tree or have those great branches that has been promised to every bearer of the kingdom of God. It's like a small seed, a mustard seed. By the time you do not let these things, you know, when I was last week Friday, when I was talking to the women, we shared, I shared with them the portion of the Bible when Jesus entered the uh, synagogue or the church, the temple then. And he saw people buying and selling, right? And what did he do? The Bible says he took some cords and weave them together and use that cord, that's the wire to chase out all those sellers and buyers in the temple I told him, I said, your body is a temple of the living God Jesus did that as a symbol of how you should chase out some things that have entered into your body that, want to, that does not want to go you have to use force eh? Don't you only say force? In your language, you say tikpa tikpa. You must go. Your time is up. You know there is a general law that when squatters stay in a place for so long, they can become the owner. Anger has stayed in your body for so long; it's not controlling you. It has become the owner of that body. It will not allow the kingdom of God to have a good growth system in your body. No matter how much you try, if you do not change that thing out by fire, by force, there is no way you can become a great tree. There is no way you can mentor other people because when you get angry, you yourself, what you have built, you will scatter. If it is fornication that has been dragging with you, if you don't get a cord like Jesus and drive those things out of your body, it will disgrace you where it's not supposed to disgrace you. It will come out. It will wait. Oh. It will wait. You think you are enjoying the pleasure now. It will wait. For the time of glory when you should be promoted, when you should advance, then some people will have something to say. Uh -huh. I even have the video clips. I even have the voice recording. You know that this age and time now, you can be talking on the phone with somebody, trying to wrap the person up, and the person has played what? Has pressed what? Record. Ten years to come. When you are now kabashing on the altar, God has transformed your life to a, a point. Because you have not addressed, now you have set everything under the rug. It can track you. Amen, somebody. We need to deal with these things like Jesus dealt with them. 
Because according to the word of God here, in the book of um, Galatians, chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, it says, in that, the last part of that sentence says, it says, they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This is a season for us to replicate. You cannot even replicate if you are not matured. You can't. You have to reach a stage of maturity before you begin to replicate. You cannot have an allos, another of your kind. If your kind is faulty or your kind is not well formed. We, we, don't, know, we don't have a name for, for your kind. There's no direction to your kind. You are just a floater. You are just floating. Floating in the system. Floating in the house of God. No impact. For the past five years, no impact. No impact. Nothing that can be said that you have done. And many women fall victim of this. Many, many women. We hide under the guise of I'm raising children and we refuse to grow. In every aspect, many women, they don't grow educationally, they don't grow spiritually. Growth is something that cuts across. If you aspire to grow in this area, there's every tendency that you grow in every other area. But the moment you relax and you hide under a certain guise, you will see that the process of growth will be altered. It means somebody. We hide under several things. And then we say because of this we are not growing, because of that ignorance and all those things, they are not genuine excuses. to decide like Jesus pick up the cord and begin to chase out all those things that doesn't want you to become a great evangelist a great shepherd a great pastor a great healer like Jesus we want to become like Jesus we want to do what he has done. We want to go where he has gone. We want to be able to accomplish results like him. Why are we not being like him? It's because we are not aspiring for the kind of growth that he had. It is not something that will don't fall on your lap. You cannot be sleeping in the house and after seven years you have become a medical doctor. Is that possible? You have to chase out laziness from your life. You have to rise up and do the work that those that are training to be medical doctors are doing. You can't be sleeping in your house for five years and wake up after five years and say you are now a pharmacist. <laughs> what growth process did you undergo to become such? How did you manage it? How did you get there? What have you seen, like we used to say? What have you survived? 
through the educational system, you will see things and you will survive things to be able to have your degree. As a kingdom bearer, what have you seen? What have you survived? The talent that we are given, how have you used it? Or will you be one of those people that will be termed as wicked servants who has buried? Because it is not for most of us. One of the problems that we have, especially us women or the women, I'm a woman myself. I know that I, sometimes I suffer from it. And I have to tell myself, rise up. Is that when you have done some other things, you feel that, oh, I'm tired. This one, that's for God. It can wait. You also should understand that I'm tired. Amen, somebody. But we have to reorientate ourselves that everything here on earth ends here. What we will use is in eternity is what we do for eternity. And our lives here is such that we can make use of it to prepare ourselves for which eternity we are going to spend. It is how you live here that will determine your eternity. Whether good or bad. Satan has confused many of us. So we feel that, let me do every other thing. But you know, every day I always tell myself. Because many times I catch myself backsliding. Sometimes when I'm driving, I tell myself, the Bible says, seek first. I still told myself that today. Seek first the kingdom of God. There's a reason why he said seek first. Seek first. So when I catch myself seeking other things first, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. So even if in the middle of seeking first the kingdom of God, I get interrupted. Maybe I have a baby I'm nursing. A baby cries or something. Or many things are maybe in the office. Some people come and all. You know. But I know that I keep telling myself, seek first. Seek first. Obedience is what matters. Many of us will be frustrated with children when you call them and they pretend as if they can't hear. How many of us have had children like that? In the house with you, would you not get really angry? You call the first time. Um, the second time. There's somebody that is further than the one that you are calling. He's calling the child on your mind. Say, uh-uh. Is it not? Mommy is calling you now. And this one, maybe he's at the backyard. The one that is inside the house with you. Refuse to answer. We are human, Abby. How much more God? How many times have God called you? Go out. Use the voice of your pastor. Use the voice of your shepherd. You, you even get angry. And that's what happens with such children. After they have said, I've heard now, I've heard now, they get angry. And you also as a parent, what do you do? You allow the child to move closer to you very well, Abby. Then you give him or give her what he or she does what? Deserves. Hot one. If you run, you run after the child and give another one. Next time when I'm calling you, answer straight. When did that one start? Are we mates? You start lecturing. Meanwhile, you do more than that to your father in heaven. Amen, somebody. We cannot continue in sin and ask grace to abound. There is a time frame for grace. 
The more you live, the more grace runs out. And newsflash, according to that scripture that we cannot continue in sin, it means that grace even runs out faster where there is sin than where there is not. The abundance of faith, of grace, it fades quick, quicker where there is sin. It will not allow you to go. So I want you to look at everything that is mentioned in Galatians and even more. What is wrong is wrong. What is right is right. Something wrong does not have two names. Stop touching it up. Categorizing sin into good, better, best. Bad, badder, baddest. Stop categorizing sin. Fornication into romance, kissing, and say, ah, for the love of God, fear God, fear God. The Bible says if you are as much as look at a woman and you lost after her in your heart, you have committed. And then you say that kissing is not a sin. Romancing is, is a small sin. Stop categorizing sin. It makes grace run out. And it will not allow the kingdom of God to be established. That's what seed, which is a mustard seed, which is the kingdom of God. It needs a good soil where there is holiness and righteousness. Don't let anybody deceive you that you cannot be holy, you cannot be righteous. It is not true. We have to seek it. If you don't seek it, you can't find it. Even if you find it mistakenly, you will not know that's what you have found. Amen, somebody. And the Bible says, whatsoever you seek, you shall do what? Find. Why don't we all seek? Why are we seeking after our self, selfishness and all those things? Why don't we seek after righteousness and holiness? Because it's a process. It is not automatically that you become the holiest person. It is daily work. Choosing good over bad. Making, choosing the truth over lying. In making those decisions, you are following what? Righteousness. And you will be called righteous. It's not that you are perfect. It's that you are righteous. Amen. It's not that you are perfect. Is that you are holy. You have seen good and bad and you have chosen good. This will help you to establish the kingdom of God in yourself because you cannot give what you don't have. You can't. You are not a carrier of the kingdom of God. You want to introduce it to somebody else. You, can, you may not prosper doing it. Because what it takes to sustain, the Bible says, the kingdom of God is, what it takes to, to sustain those that you have introduced the kingdom of God, they, they need mentoring. They need shepherding. If you don't have all those things, these seeds will be lost. It will be lost. Amen. He says, it, it, and it becoming greater than all they have. That's Mark 40, 32. And shooted out greater branches. 
so that the fowls of the hair may lodge under the shadow of it. I pray for you today that the Lord will cause his kingdom to take root in your life and become a great tree that you also will bring forth great branches to accommodate others in your life in the name of Jesus. Rise your feet tonight. Rise your feet. Rise your Many things have been said. It requires a change of art and attitude. Most of what I've been said tonight requires what? A change of heart and a change of attitude. Let the zeal of the house of God consume you. Not the zeal of your work. Not the zeal of your education. All these things will pass away. The one that will not pass away, I want you to lift your voices this evening and talk to God. Say, Lord, let your kingdom be established in my heart. Let your kingdom be established in my life. Let you, the zeal of your, of your work consume me. Lift your voices and begin to pray. Lift your voices and begin to pray tonight. Lift your voices and begin to pray. Talk to the Lord. Let the zeal of your work consume me. Let the zeal of your house consume me. I come to you today for a change of heart and a change of attitude. I do not want to go after the things of this world. I want to be dedicated to eternal things. I want the kingdom of God to be established in my heart. I want the kingdom of God to be established in my life. I want to follow righteousness. I want to follow holiness. I want to go out there and win souls for the kingdom of God. I want to do your bidding. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to do the things that you have asked me to do. Give me the grace, Lord. Let your kingdom be established in my life. Give me the grace also to overcome every fleshly desires. In the name of Jesus, lift your voices and begin to pray. Lift your voices and talk to God. Jesus name we have prayed you know in the book of John chapter 9 verse 4 Jesus said I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day for night cometh when no man can work and Bishop Dad told us the story of one of the church member in one of the messages we were listening to recently and the boy said when he became a pastor serving God. I think something happened in the church. Maybe they wanted to send him to a village or he was complaining that a thing. I don't know whatever it was. But it was now the boy that came to tell Bishop Dad. And he said the father looked at him. 
And the father said, don't make my mistake. I missed my season. I missed my season. He said, from there, anytime the father calls it, I hear that, oh, where are you now? He's in church. I'm preaching. The father would, by the time they are talking, the father would just break down. And say, daddy, why? Say, what you are doing is supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing. But I miss my season. I miss my season. There is a season for everything in life. There is a season now that even like the way we are talking about preach, 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 preach. That they will give somebody mic, but you cannot preach anymore. There is a season. When that season passes, you are now saying you are ready. It often may be too late. I have friends today who were in secondary school together. The days of SU. We didn't know it was a season where we were supposed to maximize. I was at Alausa the other time. I saw, I saw one of the, our prayer secretary, but I, whatever we used to call it, he has now turned to with dreads and everything. He missed the season. Bishop Doug said now, they reject children in their Bible school now. Because some of the parents now want to offer their children that are now sick to serve God. And they will tell them, no, go and take care of your sick child. If not for sickness, you will not have brought this one here. What about the ones who are not sick? What are you doing with them? So, so, so they stand at the gate and now examine you say, it is when something happened that they may remember, let us not, let this one serve God. Let this one serve. I want you to pray for yourself. It may look as though as we are shouting, somebody is disturbing you. Or you may not like what is being said. But it's a season. It's a season. Our dear sister that went to go and be with the Lord, as I was preaching two weeks ago, and I saw the offering basket, I just remember how she used to stand there. It was a season she had. She didn't know. It was a season. She's done her own. and um. See, let me tell you the truth. The only thing that is sure is eternity. And whether you all like it or not, all dead people are still alive. We will all appear before the judgment seat to give account of what you have done in your season. In your season. In your season. So when there's one part, she said, Jesus had to take Koboku and drive them out. There are times you have to be unreasonable with yourself and tell yourself, I cannot continue to be a prayerless Christian like this. And yourself, you are take, doing everything, taking coffee to discipline yourself. Because there is a season that you have the choice to pray. There is a season that you have no choice anymore. You are now, you are now moving around because you are being forced to pray. I went to go and visit one of our sister at Luth the other day. And I saw people outside. They did not allow them inside. Their relatives are inside now. No bed for them to even sleep inside. Maybe the only sick person that they will have allowed. But all these people were sleeping under open heaven in front of Luth. Because they, there is somebody inside who is sick. A season, perhaps that could have been avoidable. But they were too busy 
sleeping at night. And sometimes you are able to tell them, let's go to the house of the Lord. Say, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I pray that you too will not miss your season. So I want you to pray for yourself. Say, Lord, help me not to miss my season. The season to serve you. The period I have to serve you. Just pray for yourself. That I will not look back to my life with regrets. And say to myself, I've missed my season. Pray for yourself, Lord. Help me not to miss my season of serving you. Pray. It's a season. It should not always be there. It's a season. It will not always be there. So pray for yourself that in the season where you ought to be sowing, you will not be found sleeping. In the season where you ought to pay the price of serving God, you will not be busy with other things. And when you are now ready, God will say to you, it's too late. Your season of harvest has passed. So pray for yourself tonight everywhere. Lord, help me not to miss my season. There is a season God has given to everybody to serve. Jesus had three years. He, 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 he walked while it is day. He went about doing good. And when that season was over, he said, it is finished. That means there is nothing, even if I wanted to go further, there is nothing that can be done anymore. His season was over. His season was over. If Jesus had a season, every man had a season. You have a season. A season to go all out. A season to serve. A season to do all that you need to do for the Lord. So ask the Lord. Lord, help me not to miss my season. Help me not to miss my season. Help me not to miss my season. For everything there is a time and a season to everything that God has made on that heaven. God has given every man a season. For every purpose, there is 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 a season. Lord, help me. Pray for yourself. Help me, Lord, that I will not miss my season. Jesus name we have prayed now I want you to also pray for yourself Lord help me to understand my season number one is Lord help me not to miss my season the other one is help me to understand what my season when one of the things that makes a farmer to be rich is a farmer that understands season that this season now is time to plant cassava when it often time is a very short season, if you don't plant the cassava at that season, you are now going to now bring your cassava later. You will plant it, but you don't, you don't see results because you do not understand the season you ought to plant. The question is, what do you ought to be doing at this season of your life? For God, for God, for God, for God. So I want to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for myself. Help me to understand my season and what you want me to be doing for you now. Pray for yourself, everybody now. Pray for yourself. Lord, help me to understand my season and what I ought to be doing. 
Lord, help me to understand my season and what I ought to be doing. Lord, help me to understand my season and what I ought to be doing. Help me to understand my season and what I ought to be doing. Oh God, I pray that you will help me to understand the season of my life and what you require of me and what you require of me in this season of my life. Help me to understand the season that I am in right now. Give me an understanding of the season that I am in right now, Lord. I pray for the wisdom to have accurate understanding of the season that I am in now and what I ought to be doing. 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 And what I ought to be doing in this season. In this season. Lord to understand the season I'm in. Lord help me. Lord help me that I will understand my season. That I will understand my season and what I ought to be doing. The seed I ought to be sowing right now. Help me, Lord, not to miss my season. Give me an understanding of my season. In Jesus' name we have prayed. You know, recently, I, one of our brothers in church, he rededicated his life to Christ. But there was a time he decided to backslide. Our dear brother AY. And when they would go and invite him to church, I told the people, I said, leave him. He needs to go and learn. So at the point, we left him. But the day God was going to show him mercy, the Lord told me, I'm telling you about season. We were to sleep in our house that night. But for whatever reason, the Lord said, go and sleep in church this night. So I carried all my children and family. I came to sleep in church. I was asleep. I think around 1.30 a.m. or so, I woke up. My wife, my wife was doing something. My wife, I woke up in the office. I put on the CCTV. Already I could hear a, a cry in the night. And I, want, I could hear a cry. I could hear a cry. So and I could hear the cry within the church. So I didn't know. So I woke up. I began to look around in the CCTV TV. Nothing was happening. Then I looked into the technical room. Nothing was happening there. And I let the, I, I magnified that, our studio room. I said, something is about to happen here. I didn't even know. It was around 2, two in, the, in the night. So I left it there. Pop. Then I went back. About some few minutes later, I just had the noise. Had the noise. Had the noise. He had gone to the club that night and his friends had mixed something for him. And his, the thing triggered. But you know, in the midst of it, he said, it was as though demons were, I mean, what did you say that night? They were dragging him. 
back. But somehow, the Lord, I want to show you mercy. He climbed the gate of this city to enter. Even how he climbed and climbed. The people, and you know, some weeks earlier, they just came to rob in this area. So the security in the area was so tight. But in the midst of it that night, the covering of God, I wanted to show him mercy. Even when they jumped gate, they were trying to where he just entered, and guess where he entered straight to? That place. He didn't even know what he was doing. He didn't even know what he was doing. Because everything was shut down about him that night. So when I saw him that night, I lifted my hand first and foremost. I said, Lord, it's amazing how you can love people. How you can love people. How God can... Even when you are saying, you don't want him, you say, you... So the day he came to give his testimony in church, a lot of people don't know the behind the story. But you see, what I want to say is that not everybody will have that grace. That's the bottom line. Not everybody. So when you see him around and moving around serving God, because if he went to the valley of the shadow of death, but God brought him out. But not everybody will have that grace. Now after that night, we didn't sleep in church again. Because I know that now, you know, God drove me and my wife said, go and sleep in church. There is something that needs to happen tonight. So when we are saying in this season for the love of Calvary, go the extra mile for God. You may not always, you don't know what you are saving yourself from. You don't know what God wants to do in your life. So discipline yourself. Rise above every excuse. Pray in the night. Pray not for yourself. Pray that God, I want to bear fruit. Give me a soul this week. Pray for others. Pray. Pray the other person, Lord, set their life on fire. So I want you to pray, say, Father, every spirit of backsliding that is holding me back from going far with you, in the name of Jesus, I break out of it tonight. I break out of it tonight. Anoint me afresh for your use. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Every spirit of backsliding, I rise above you. I dedicate myself to serving. I dedicate myself to going the extra mile for you. Lord, take me and use me. Anoint me for your use. Oh God, arise above backsliding. I will do more for you. I will do more for you. I will do more for you. I am a kingdom bearer. My obligation is to be a shepherd. To take the gospel to the ends of the world. Lord, I pray. In this season of win and replicate. Let me imagine champion. Help me to do more for you. 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 To be sensitive to your leading. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now it's a season of win and replicate. You win someone to Christ. You become the spiritual mother or father of other person. Help the person to also give birth to another person. Win and replicate. On Saturday, the person that my neighbor that came to church, I was in my study. When all of a sudden it dawned on me that I have not spoken to anybody during this week. How can I land in church? Win and replicate is certain. So, the Lord just said, go and talk to her. You know what happened? By the time I got to her, I was so discouraged because the first thing she began to talk was about different things, church, 
why she's not going to church. I have never, I was just a good man. And she said, it's like somebody that started confessing. Then she said, but you know, if you, if you invite me to church, I will come. She said it herself. She said, if you invite me to church, I will come. By the time I said someone to go and pick her on Sunday, they said she was already dressed. Pastor Gabriel has even forgotten. She was already dressed. Sit down, waiting. There are people like that God wants to send your way. That if you desire it, how, how can he use you to save it so that you will not save your own children, you will not save your business, you will not save your marriage? So say, Lord, in this season, give me my own soul. Lead me to the one that needs to be saved. Lord, whoever he or she may be, wherever the person may be, that needs to be saved, Lord, give me divine direction to locate that person. Lift your voice and pray. Refuse to be barren in this season of oppression. We and replicate. Say, Lord, I refuse to be barren. In this season, I will not be barren. So, Lord, I pray, wherever the person may be, neighbor or no neighbor, colleagues at work, in the bus, wherever, Lord, that needs the gospel of salvation, this season, open my eyes to see them, direct my step to where they are. May I not pass them by without declaring or sharing the good news with them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help me to bear fruit. Help me to win and replicate. Help me to win and to replicate. In this season, oh God, help me to win and to replicate. In the name of Jesus, that you will help me, Lord, to win and to replicate. 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 To win and to... The grace to win and to replicate. I receive it now. That I will emerge a champion in this season. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now lift your hands. Father, we thank you. I pray that Lord you will anoint everyone afresh with a zeal to serve. A zeal to serve. A zeal to go all the way. Lord, today, whatever it is that has held your people bound from serving you in their season, that wants them to waste the season you have given to them, Lord, I pray that this one tonight I deliver from it in the name of Jesus. Now receive fresh fire. Receive the spirit of diligence to go the extra mile for Christ. Every excuse that I made you barren in time past, you are now rising above it in the name of Jesus. Nothing shall prevail against you. Nothing shall make you barren. For in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Shout a louder amen. Shout a louder amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. We hope you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please stop our website at www.lgc.ng. May God bless you.